You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You bet uh, $1 on the uh, UFC fight this week. And uh, if you put the bet, bet a dollar down, new customers, you get $100 in free plays. That's simple, that easy. All right. Now, joined by a guy that never gave any offensive player a free playoff, and that's Mr. Reggie Geary. Hello, Reggie. Hi, Mike. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. I, dude, I can't thank you enough for coming on. We're going to talk a lot of Reggie this show, but uh, first and foremost, you got a, a front row seat. Want to talk to you about this uh, Arizona basketball team right here that you're uh, that you're watching right now? And you know, a lot of people are talking about the you know the smooth transition, and obviously the offense looks like something from a loot era type team. But defensively, let's talk a little bit there first. What are you seeing from this team that's made them to be a top five defensive team as well? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting you say that. They're they're top five in the country, but they're they're underrated. No one thinks about it because the offense is, is so overpowering. Uh, but defensively, they really have a lot of nice pieces. You know, when you, when you look at Dale and Terry, it kind of, you know, it starts really with Dale and Christian Coloco. Dale on the perimeter, he really does a nice job in, in just terms of uh, the ability to guard the, the team's best player. Um, you know, he has long arms like myself, gets a lot of deflection. It just causes a lot of havoc. And obviously, Christian Coloco, National Defensive Player of the Year candidate, he kind of is the anchor. When he can stay out of foul trouble, man, this team is really tough. But uh, there's other unsung here. Ben Matherin's on the ball defense is, is very, very good. Uh, Pella Larson. Um, his flexibility, um, if you saw the USC game, I mean, he was guarding Isaiah Mobley. He can guard a one through four in a lot of instances. Um, and then the, the, I think the biggest thing is is that this team's ability to switch one through five, that you can have Umar Abalo, Christian Coloco on, on the perimeter. Uh, we saw that at the end of the Oregon game. Um, but th there's just so much flexibility. They're underrated, and they just have great length. I always I came up with my uh, best defensive player in school history list, and I put it out there today. Got some uh, reaction, but I put you as one. We're going to get to that. I put Lauren Woods as two, just because I've never seen a defensive uh, I've never seen a defensive shot blocker presence like he was, especially pre back injury. Then um, I put Coloco's uh, entered my top five, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about I think what makes him unique. He's got the shot blocker men uh, the mentality, obviously. But what I didn't know that he could do, I didn't know that in spurts he could switch out on a wing. I mean, you saw that against Oregon with Will Richardson, who's one of the better scorers in the entire conference. And granted, Will Richardson, you know, had a brain fart and went for a two when he should have gone for a three. But it didn't really matter, Reggie, because he wasn't getting by Coloco. And if he was getting by Coloco, he was still contesting that shot. That's a rarity for a big. No, it really is. Coloco has one feet. Follow another individual who you can switch one through five, and maybe it goes to their background of, of, of playing soccer growing up as kids, where they just they move their feet well, they run well. And when you can switch one through five, you really can eliminate so you know, a ton of action um, that the opponents are running. So I, I think you're right. Christian Coloco, he, he's just fantastic. His versatility, like I said, if he can stay out of foul trouble, man, he's tough. Did you see um, – now, Dalen Terry, he's a guy that's kind of emerged of that jack-of-all-trades. And especially when you think of the loot era, you always kind of had that guy. You had you who could guard, you know, Allen Iverson one game, then Jalen Rose the next game. Richard Jefferson could guard Frank Williams one game, and then he's locking up Jason Richardson in the Final Four. On and on down the list. Michael Dickerson, another, another guy you played with, obviously – Terry, I'm not. I don't want to compare Terry to any of those guys, but he's got a little bit of that vibe to him, where he's got the seven foot wingspan. He's uh, that he can move laterally. He really kind of is, I think, the kind of the backbone of the defense. Even if Christian Coloco rightfully gets so much of the credit. 
No, he really is. He's a difference maker on the defensive end. He does so many things besides just scoring to make him effective on this team that he's just that wild card that you just have to have every single night. And when he's playing at a high level, I mean, there's times where he's maybe only had two or four points and he was the best player on the court for the majority of the night. Just first ability, his playmaking ability, he is a uh, he is a high basketball IQ. And I think all the individuals that you name there are individuals with high basketball IQ, the ability to, to anticipate on both ends of the floor, great athleticism. So he has been he's been a godsend because you just don't have to run plays for him for him to be effective. Reg, when you watch this team right now, do you and you look around the landscape of college basketball? I'm not saying that they're the best team, but I don't know that I see any team that checks off more boxes than Arizona either. From a weakness perspective. Uh, and I, a guy put it out there the other day, Arizona's A game, I think is higher than anybody else's A game, but the pieces all just fit. You've got the point guard in Kirk Creaso, who's definitely become more steady. You've got the defender in Dalen Terry. You've got the all-American type Ben Matherin. You've got the kind of the junkyard dog into Bellis. You've got the big man down low, and you got three guys coming off the bench that can all play. This team checks off a lot of boxes. No, they really do, and they can beat you a lot of different ways, as we've seen. Um, it's just been a really perfect marriage this year between new head coach Tommy Lloyd and some maturing talent um, to go along with this new system uh, that he's, he's put in place. And guys have really taken to it. Uh, they've accepted their roles. But, yeah, they can beat you big. They can beat you small. You can slow it down. You can zone them. They're a very good zone offensive team. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they, they when they're playing their game and they're focused and locked in, they're as good as any team in the nation. All right, let's talk a little bit about Reggie Geary now. So you come in 92-93. Now, a lot of people look at it, and all they remember is Santa Clara. But what people also forget, too, and I'll bring this up to anybody, you look at it, a lot of people say when they talk about the best perimeters, a lot of times it comes up with, you know, uh, Jason uh, Jason Terry, Mike Bibby, Miles Simon, Michael Dickerson. That team that you walked into right there, where you've got Damon Stoudemire at the point, you got Khalid Reeves at the two, and Chris Mills, who might be the most underrated player in school history at the three right there. Reggie, that, for my money, is still one of the most talented teams in school history that you walked into there as a freshman. Oh, most definitely. I mean, when you look at if you go back, I think there's eight NBA players on a team or seven or eight NBA guys. We were 17-0 and 0 at one point, number two in the nation. It's my biggest, I don't know if it's regrets the white race, just a tragedy that, and, 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 and it's, it's, it just fell on us, you know, that we had that Santa Clara loss because that was a really good team. That was a, a team that could have gone to the Final Four. But mm -hmm. when you lose that early in the tournament, people don't remember that. And Chris Mills yeah. um, is really an underrated player in U of A history. Um, his ability to finish around the rim, he was an All-American, in fact, well, 10 player of the year. I mean, he, he, he did everything. And just because we didn't get a deep run, no one really got to appreciate his true talents. But that was a talented team. Um, I put them up against anybody. It was just unfortunate. You know, we, we go 17-0 in Pac-10 play. We lose our last game to Jason Kidd in Cal. Mm -hmm. uh, and we got into the tournament, lost to Santa Clara. We just never really recovered. All right. So next year, you certainly do recover. I wanted. All right. So Khalid Reeves comes in and he was one of the first and Lute had some really highly rated guys, um, you know, but until like Mike Bibby, there wasn't a lot of guys that came in with a ton of hype. Khalid was one of those guys. And you look at it his first three years, 11, 12, 13. But basketball always came easy to Khalid, at least, you know, from watching on TV. So you're going against him in practice and then you start with him the next year. Did you know what the nation was about to see that following year when he's going to put our, arguably the best season in school history together on a Final Four run? You had to have had a little inkling, maybe. 
we know we definitely knew how talented it was. And, and Mike, we got a sneak peek though. So before that year, um, in '93, we went to Australia for mm-hmm. went to New Zealand for 28 days, kind of on our that was our foreign trip right. while we were in college. And that was kind of the first time Coach Olsen kind of rolled out the three guard offense, where mm-hmm. it was maybe Dane. Khalid Reeves at the two and myself at the three. And uh, and we knew immediately it took because all of a sudden our pace of play picked up. Damon and Khalid were doing their thing. I was defending and getting assists and doing my thing. We and we went to Australia and I, th- I think we won 10 and one. And the one game we lost, we're still not very happy about. But right. it was it, we had something. We were like, oh, we have something here. So uh, I think Khalid, you know, he patiently waited his turn. He was a senior now and he was going to show the world his talents. What was that talk that Lute had with you? Because that was really kind of the transition, that team right there to really become an up-tempo. And you've got Damon and Khalid that I almost feel like Lute said, all right, you guys take care of the points right here. Then you've got Reggie Geary right here. And, you know, I, I tell people all this in time. If you lived it, you know what kind of defensive player. I'm not just saying that. You just This man right here could guard Allen Iverson one game and he could guard Jalen Rose the next game. That's what we're talking about. So Re- Lute, when Luke came to you and said, you know what, you're going to be playing the small forward. You're going to be our best defensive. How did that talk go? Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I don't really remember being talk. You know, one thing about Coach Olsen that I appreciate, he valued he valued what I brought to the team from day one. I came out of modern day high school, played for legendary you know, head coach Gary Knight. I was the sixth man day one. I started the second game, and I played a lot my freshman year. So he valued me. And so I think – you know, he was probably just, you know, thinking about who are my five best players, knowing my athleticism and what I could do. He thought, man, this might be a natural progression to three. So he kind of sprung it on us in Australia. We kind of mm-hmm. I remember showing up on the board and everybody looking around a little bit like, OK, how's right. this going to go? Um, I He really didn't need to talk to me. I just trusted him that if he put me in this position, he believed in me. I could do it. And, uh, it, and, it, and it paid off. All right, so you're before take me through your mindset before games. Then, all right, and you know, let's let's. All right, you got Jalen Rose. Then you're going to be going against right here. Obviously, Chris Webber is gone. Reggie Geary is going to be now going. He's going to be deeing up a guy who is going to be an NBA All Star. Lots of hype. Six foot seven, a little bit taller than you. What was your mindset going into that game against the Fab Four, knowing that you know what I've got the, I've got the, I've got to lock this guy down right here. Yeah, no, I, I I recall it was a it was an electric night in McHale. Mm-hmm. Just the build up Michigan coming into Tucson was it was a big thing, and all I, my man my mindset always was you know I I want to take his name. I, I want he's a guy. He's got a big name. A lot of people are, are watching him. If I can you know defend him and do my thing, I I can take some of that and bring it towards myself. And so. Right. Um, you know, once that, that Jalen matchup, it was a good matchup for me. I was a better athlete than him, even though he was bigger. Right. I was able to really straight him, get into his body. Um, and, and in doing so, um, you know, I, I can really frustrate him. But the, I think why I was such a good defender or I enjoy playing defense was that, yeah, I could guard Jalen Rhodes, but at the same time, I could I could help and assist in so many other areas defensively that I kind of was all over the place. And, and that's how I kind of made my name. All right. So you guys get to the final four, you go through Louisville, you go through Missouri. And you're going into Arkansas, and people, you know, people forget now because it's been 26, 27 years. Arkansas was kind of that new age UNLV at that point there, where they just kind of had an intimidation aspect. Now, granted, they won the guys, uh, you know, tough shooting performance from some of the guys that happens. But going into that game, Final Four against Arkansas, just again, take me through just kind of the pregame, your mentality, everything going in, because again, that was for me, that was the first game where I'm like. I really realized what a big deal Arizona basketball was. 
Yeah, you know, here we are at a Final Four with all the hoopla that kind of surrounds that. Um, you know, you know, we had the president coming to the game, Clint, and it's just, it's just a big deal. And I remember we, we, we obviously we were playing well, so we were supremely confident we were going to come in and, and get the job done. We, we felt we had, uh, we, we knew we had the best backcourt tandem in the nation, including the region, David Stoudemire. Um, we felt very confident. We, we, we were a smart team. We were kind of picking people apart. So we go into that game confident and, and, and just, and for whatever reason, it just didn't happen that night. Just when I say that means, you know, we never had a night where Khalid and Damon were off to together maybe right. one was off you know maybe Khalid was off and had 14 and then Damon had 30 or vice versa but we never had a night where both had struggled shooting from the floor and for whatever reason that night you know we just neither one of them could really get off um you know and it just you know we're not blaming them you know we wouldn't have got right. there without them it was just one of those nights and, and you know Arkansas had that 40 minutes of hell well actually it, for us that night it ended up being about four minutes of hell where they had right. a run there where yeah, they kind of just and we just never could get back on top. Where does Damon rank for you amongst the players that not only you've played against, the players in the conference that have come through here? Yeah, that's a great question. And we, we always kind of debate that. It's really hard not to put him one. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I mean, he, he was about five foot nine, five foot ten, but just an absolute scoring point guard who could just control the game without without shooting you out of it, which is kind of a weird thing to say. I don't remember many nights where we're like, man, Damon shot us out of this game. Like he just had a great feel for the game at his size. It was not a disadvantage, but an advantage. He turned right. it around on its head. And, you know, and then it obviously, you know, he goes on to become rookie of the year. He goes on to have a great career in the NBA. So, I mean, I, it's, I think it's very arguably put him at the top. I've always felt, and Arizona's obviously had great point guards before then, Steve Kerr, your Matt Othics, guys like that. But I always felt that Damon was the first one that really made point guard you sexy. And that that was the guy that, you know, kids on the playgrounds, you know, kids in AAU wanted wanted to be i mean when you got damon's jersey and clockers i mean you know right. being shown he was almost kind of the west coast Allen iverson at that time right there and that he was kind of what like i said he was just kind of the one that made point guard you really up front or at least in my perspective no i, th I think you're i think you're calling it right you know um the point guards before but I think Damon just captured the nation. Um, maybe, you know, ESPN and everything was just kind of hitting at the time. He had his little Mickey Mouse tattoo. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or the Mighty Mouse, excuse me. And, and so, um, yeah, his timing was great. People could, he was relatable and he was really, really good. You guys were the first team, too, that I remember where you had guys with multiple tats on the team. You had Damon with the Damon. You had JB that obviously had a bunch of them. There, you guys were a, kind of a precursor for things to come. So, 95 96. I, to me, that was one of Lute's best coaching jobs because you guys go in unranked. And you got to remember, at my, at my point, I'm 11 years old. And when you're 11 years old, all you care about is the rankings. All you care about is what ESPN's saying at the time. You lost Damon, you know, and everybody is just kind of wondering what's going to happen here. You still return an incredibly underrated core, which we're going to get to in a second, with you, Joe McClain, Corey Williams, Ben Davis, J.B., you got Miles Simon in there starting another modern day guy that Luke took to very quickly. Michael Dickerson starts getting some run though as well. And you guys go from being unranked to the top five within two weeks right there. Did you just, just take me through the preseason because guys like you who are proud, you got to look at that and say, come on, man, we've been at the forefront of college basketball and we're not even preseason ranked. Yeah, no, that was about as disrespectful as it, as it could get. It just, it, it lit a fire under us. 
Um, obviously, I was, even though my sophomore year, when we got to the Final Four, I was the three-man. I was kind of a, a, I was kind of a quasi-point guard. It was like we almost mm -hmm. played with three point guards at the right. time. The next year, I was a two still kind of was the point guard. So this was my first year, actually, as, as, the, as the main point. It was going to be, the ball right. was going to be in my hand. Seven assists that, per game that year, too. Don't let people forget about that, Reg. Yeah, I think I'm like number two or three in school mm -hmm. history in terms of, but, uh, but yeah, so it was just kind of a slap in the face. I, I felt disrespected. The team did, and so we took that energy. And in the first, the first part of that was the preseason NIT, where um, I that was one of my biggest goals in college was was getting to the Garden, you know, playing on that big stage. And here was my opportunity. So we ran through Long Beach State. We went down to Arkansas, beat Kareem Reed and those guys, which which felt good. And now we found ourselves in the Garden. So um, to start our season off that, you know, beating Michigan and then playing Allen Iverson in front of you know that crowd and, and everything that the buzz around that it was just a special time what was it like i mean you played with some really fast guys you play with damon you play with jt was a freshman by that time when he had come in when you watched iverson when you went against him what was his speed like in person oh, pretty sorry sorry about that go ahead no you're okay he, he knew he was a special talent his athleticism and he had a reverse dunk that game that was spectacular. The reverse dunk on the side on the baseline was disgusting. You know, um, the funny thing was that Coach Olsen had a great strategy for that game. He said, you know what, you know, he he had understanding. He felt that, that Allen was going to do his thing and get his points. Um, so we were concerned about maybe Victor Page getting right. off that game as well. So I guarded Victor Page majority of the night, Miles guarded um iverson and so that that allowed me on on to, to be freed up to help him and i got like i think i got some some, some nice blocks on him mm -hmm. oh you got a nice block on him that game is youtube available still yeah, it is but he was tremendous and and, and you know i've had my hall of fame career and to see him so early on uh, right. was was really, was really cool all right so you guys then obviously you don't have a fully intact roster you're going into kansas sweet 16 game right there you end up losing by two I go bring up Kansas first and foremost because a guy that I also don't think, and I talked about this with Corey a little bit, that doesn't get the kudos that he deserves is Ben Davis. Now, mm. Ben was a quiet guy from an outsider perspective. I don't know what he was like with you guys, but people forget Sharif Abdurrahim was the Pac-12 or Pac-10 player of the year that year. Ben Davis was the runner-up that year, and not a lot of people bring not a lot of people bring Ben's name and the respect that he probably deserves when you're talking about the best bigs in school history, even though he was only here for about a year and a half. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, when I think of Ben Davis, I think of you know just working like every night he would go out there double double machine, big hands, you know, big mitts, grab rebounds. You know, he wasn't the most exciting player, didn't play above right. the rim, but just so efficient. Um, you know, he had a little face up 15 footer. He was good around the rim and just, you know, you know, unfortunately that year, uh, Joseph about Joseph Blair about halfway right. through the season became. And so it, we really now we were looking, relying on Ben as kind of one of our seniors to kind of help out the AJ Bramlets and the Donnell Harris's who were just young pups at the time. Mm -hmm. Um solidifying that center you know in that center position for us and so he was fantastic, definitely underrated. Um, and he, you know, he was a godsend that year. And you guys ended up only losing by two in the Sweet 16 to Kansas, you know, which was a game where, you know, that, that game really could have gone either way. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit then about, before we let you go, and again, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. All right, so 96-97, they win the national championship. You have, people forget, and we're going to get to Mike Bibby here in just a second, but the core of that team 
is still on the 95-96 roster. So I wanted to take you through some guys. Now, Miles Simon was a guy that Lute obviously loved from day one, and for, for good reason. He was a lot like you. He was a tough, you know, a tough, hard-nosed kid that could play basketball. Then you got Michael Dickerson right here, who basketball, he just kind of – when you watch him, he just kind of gl gl glid is in a right word, but he just kind of glided on the court right there. I mean, it just looks so easy. Jason Terry obviously didn't play a bunch, but he had the one game against Washington. Did you see those three guys becoming the nucleus of a team that was going to win the national championship? Yeah, you know, when when I left, you know, looking back at those guys, the program is in good hands. Um, you know, Miles is a high basketball IQ. He comes from a, a family, uh, a basketball family. His ability to score by itself since he was probably 14, 15 years old. Right. When I first started hearing. So we knew they had a him. Michael Dickerson was an absolute freak of nature. Um, it turns out athletically from the first day, we were like, who is this kid? Like, right. he walks in, he's 25, like on day one, he tells us he doesn't lift. Right. Like, he, he Do you believe him that he didn't lift when he looked like that? In actuality, I think he was a, he was a, I know he was a Golden Glove boxer as a youngster. And right. I heard his dad was very athletic. He just and he had a great work ethic. He was my he was my midnight workout partner when we come to Mikhail and play one on one full court, and um, and so he was a tremendous talent. Obviously, JT, um, you know, he's a special individual and had a special career. You know, AJ Brown. I can go on and on down the list. Um, we thought they were in good hands. I think Mike Bibby was that obviously that additional extra sauce that they needed for that ninety seven. Um, that they went on, but uh, we knew we were in good hands. And when we left, we thought the program would, st would still keep going. From a personality perspective, did you see some of yourself in Jason Terry and just kind of the, and just kind of, it's not the same, but it's also just kind of the guys that you watch him and you were, you were very expressive with your face. You had a lot of great facial expressions. You were a guy that just looked like you were having a good time out there. JT kind of looked the same way in a different way. Most definitely. You know, uh, uh, I'm competitive. I know Jason is. We all are. We're fiercely competitive. But I realize that, hey, I, I can be fiercely competitive and enjoy this environment and enjoy what's going on and smile at an opponent. Right. Maybe, I mean, maybe even getting his getting his mind a little bit. Um, but, yeah, JT, very infectious personality. People took to him. He had the high socks. Um, just one of the most humble guys. Um, you know, when, when we, I always tell a story about JT, when we first met him was before, before he, uh, he was still high school senior, he was the popcorn vendor at the UW games. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and he was committed to UW. Yeah. And, you know, and he walked into our locker room still wearing his popcorn hat and, you know, and his uniform. And I always reflect on that moment thinking a lot of guys at 17 years old would have been embarrassed to buy it. He was proud. He was proud. Right. He had a job. And, and there was something about that. It always stood out to me. And, and that that speaks a lot to his person. Okay. So real quick then. Uh, Mike Bibby was, for people that don't, again, for recruiting was, there was no hype like what Mike Bibby was coming in with at that time, the, the following year. Did Bibby look like a guy that, you know, when, when would Luke talk about him and just be like, hey, there's this dude that's coming in here next year that's going to be a little different? Because, again, this was a little bit, this was pre-internet and all you're hearing about is this kid from Phoenix. It's like the three times state player of the year, yada, yada, yada. Did Luke talk about that? Can you hear yeah. me? No, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. You're good, Reg. You're good. I'm sorry. I can't hear you, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer your question anyway. 
Uh, you know, Mike Bibby, obviously, you know, coming out of high school, uh, I was actually his host when he came out here. Um, mm -hmm. Spent some time with Coach Olson and his mother. Um, you know, he just was just a unique talent. Um, not a, you know, he wasn't someone who was, was incredibly athletic, but just had a high basketball IQ. Uh, never got too high, never got too low, and that's what that team needed at '97 when they went on that run. Just um, he just was such a steady hand with all the other great guards that they collectively came together and uh, and did something special. Okay. Reggie, can't thank you enough for your time, my man. I appreciate you, bro. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Now you're good, Reggie. I appreciate you, my man. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're good. All right. That's Reggie Geary right there. Again, the best defensive player in school history. Absolute, uh, just one of the best players that's ever come through here. And again, really appreciate him coming on. All right. Real quick. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Y'all know the drill. Throw down $1 on the UFC fights this week. And if you're, uh, well, it doesn't even matter. You get $100 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Make it happen. Eligibility restrictions do apply. If you got a gambling problem, call 1 800 Next Step. They'll get you all taken care of. Again, Arizona only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Again, $1, and then you end up betting on the uh, uh, UFC fight. $100 in free plays. That simple, that easy. All right, guys. Um, Real quick, again, I can't thank Reggie enough for coming on. I'm actually going to be back up here in about an hour and a half giving out my Pac-12 preview awards. One thing I do want to tell everybody about, because obviously the Arizona men are rolling right now. Don't be concerned about the Arizona women's team. Obviously, Kate Reese is out. That's difficult. It's it's not something that you can easily make up. But this is still a team that is led by Adia Barnes, and it's still an incredibly talented team. Didn't play well yesterday. We all know that. But this is not a team that you're going to want to face come tournament time. I think this team is going to be incredibly good. And you know what? Just to hop on, enjoy the ride. Don't be dispirited right there because I think the uh, Lady Cats are going to be okay. And real quick, I was out at spring practice, first uh, first uh, uh, practice. This team, they're not going to win 10 games. I'm not saying that. But this is a team, this Arizona football team, that looks a lot different than they've looked in years past. They're young. It's going to take a little bit of time, but this is a team that's going to look, this is a team that looks much, much different out there. And that's across the board, but especially at the wide receiver position. All right. One last time, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You throw down $1 on an NFL or on the uh, UFC fight, get $100 in free plays. They took the, all of my advice wasn't working. They said, we don't want people losing money. So you know what, Mike, we're taking this out of your hands. We're just going to make you put well, $1 on the UFC fights. And if you win, you get, or excuse me, you get $100 in free plays. Either way, it's that easy. It sounds too good to be true, but it's not too good to be true. It's that easy. So again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You all know the drill. Also, head out to check out gophnx.com. Get a membership. You got all the best in-state coverage from around the state right there. All the best writers, everything that you need. It's a one-stop shop. And subscribe to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'll be back up with all of you in about an hour and a half right here, giving out my Pac-12 awards. But everybody out there, again, Barrett, Alfred, all of you, I can't thank you enough. You guys are the ones that make this one roll. I'll be back with you in about an hour and a half. For Reggie Geary, I am Mike Luke.